from R.D. Smothers Wealth Management, this is The Retirement. When you retire, if you want an exciting life, you need a boring investment strategy. Matters. If you enter into retirement without a plan for income, you're not retired. You're simply unemployed. Podcast. Hey, this is your host, Dale Smothers, and you're listening to the Retirement Matters Podcast. My hope is that you will find the information you need in every single show on how to do one of the three things, either saving more money more efficiently, planning better for your future where you can live in retirement worry-free, or my favorite, how you can live a happy and fulfilled life in this life you have been given. We know that your time is valuable and we appreciate you spending it listening to this episode of The Retirement Matters Podcast. On this episode of The Retirement Matters Podcast, we discuss exactly what it means when you see a percentage rate of return followed by APY. This becomes very important for savers, especially now as interest rates begin to climb into the fives and even the sixes on some short-term investment uh, vehicles that we're seeing out there. And, and, you know, that term vehicle really confuses a lot of people, so I hate using it, but it truly is an asset or a type of contract that you are putting your money into that is ultimately meant to get your money to grow. And those vehicles, if we can use that word freely, often will display a rate of return that sometimes can become confusing for people when comparing one to the other. And as strange as that sounds, we do pose a question right off the bat when we start this that makes it kind of all set up real nicely. We had a client recently come to us and say, Dale, I've got a three-month CD that's paying 5%. And it seems to me that if I could do this three-month CD, I might actually be able to get as much as 20% in a year. And their math was not wrong, but their understanding of what that percentage yield meant was wrong. And so we do this show with them in mind, and we present a very quick, easy quiz at the beginning. But I guess I should say easy is a relative term. Because if you're not familiar with what APY represents, then it may be just as confusing as our client was himself. Very knowledgeable, very influential individual who came to us with this. And once we explained what API meant, they were very easily able to make the right decision. And this is what prompted us to bring this to our radio listeners and our podcast listeners a real deep dive on whether or not you're a saver versus an investor. And if you are a saver, to be cautious as you go out hunting high rates of return. Again, often displayed as annual percentage yield. So with that set up, let's jump into today's episode of the Retirement Matters podcast. Good morning to you. I hope you're doing well and you are ready to start discussing all things Retirement Matters This week's show is specifically built for those who are saving for retirement or those who are considering themselves savers in this time of uncertainty. Maybe you're not even considering yourself an investor. We're going to define the differences between those two terms. We're going to talk about something called APY, Annual Percentage Yield, and we are going to discuss where you are in your retirement journey and whether or not you should be calling our firm, 270-600-PLAN, 
And, you know, a lot of that has to do with where you are in retirement. Your retirement is as unique as you are. We're going to discuss all of that. But I'm going to pose a question to you before we go to our pause for positivity. And that question is going to lead into our content section of the show. Here's the question. If you had a CD that was going to pay you 5% APY for six months, or you had the choice to buy a CD that was going to pay you 5.2% APY for 12 months, which one do you choose? Again, 5% six-month CD or a 5.2% 12-month CD, which one do you choose, assuming that you want to make the most amount of money as possible on this savings. Which one do you choose? We're going to talk about that. We're going to give you the best answer, mathematically the best answer, and then we're going to talk about how that should be fitting into a plan as we get into the content section of today's show, which will start right after the pause for positivity. And of course, we'll never get to the after our pause for positivity if we don't get our pause for positivity started. So let's pause now for a little bit of positive insight. We love to call this part of our show pause for positivity because there is too much negativity all around us in all media forms, whether it's on TV, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, social media across the board, you name it. It is hitting us in the face every day. Negativity, negative news tends to sail. But I saw something the other day on a social media post that made me think, wow, that is a very inspirational way to look at what we are doing on a regular basis when we walk through this life looking for people we can help. So if you will permit me, I want to explain to you what I saw and then come back and talk around it. I think it tells a story in its own right. The illustration that I saw had a gentleman with two lighters. And both of these lighters, the lighter in his right hand and the lighter in his left hand, he he struck the flint in the right way to make the lighter ignite. And when he did, there was a very large flame from both, both lighters. So then he quickly took one of his lighter, let's imagine the one in his right hand, and he put it in a glass. And this glass was empty, but he then took a jar of water and began pouring into the glass. And as he was pouring and starting to fill this jar of water up, it got closer and closer to the top of the lighter. And you saw words across the screen that popped up saying things like child trauma, people talking about you, people making fun of you. Now your coworkers are making fun of you. And as it got closer and closer to the top, it actually showed more and more negativity happening in this world. Now, again, it's an image of this lighter beginning to get covered up in water and ultimately stilling the flame or at least the capability of generating a flame from this lighter. As you can imagine, a lighter completely covered in water, when he finally pulls the lighter out and then strikes the flint with his thumb trying to ignite the lighter, nothing happens. He does this several times and you see it's almost a struggle until he picks up with his left hand now the other lighter that was not in the water and he strikes the flint and without hesitation it ignites with the same high very bright flame that it showed at the beginning of this quick video now he takes that lighter still ignited still producing a flame 
while holding down the one in his right hand that was immersed in water with no flame, only gas coming out of the top, as you can imagine. He takes the lighter that was lit and brings it over the one that was not lit and unable to light itself. And then immediately, both lighters are now working. Put a different way, he is showing that the one that was not exposed to the water can easily help the one that was exposed to the water have its flame back. And I begin to think about how we are on this show consistently saying, make someone's day a little brighter. When we think of retirement at RDS Wealth, we do not just think of numbers, money, rate of return, investments, stock market. We don't just think of saving money or even planning well. We know that it's extremely important if you want to live happy, that you have to live happy. And in order to do this, we have to have a purpose. And many of us, we can find a purpose in helping others achieve happiness. We can find a purpose in helping others achieve a day that's a little bit brighter than the day before. And you don't have to look long or very far to find people who need that encouragement. Just like the ones of these lighters, let's say, that have been covered in water. If we have not been exposed to such negativity, we have the ability to keep our flame burning. And when we have our flame burning, we can ultimately help others get their flame back. Now, I preach on this almost every weekend, and I know that it gets a little old for those of you who are maybe doing it. But I am challenging us, each and every one of us who listen to this show, to bring someone into a better place than you found them. When I was hunting as a small boy, I remember my dad always said, you leave the place that you are hunting nicer than you found it. If there's garbage on the ground, if there is something that is not supposed to be in the woods, you bring it out. And this is what I begin to think of whenever we are starting to talk about making people's day a little bit brighter. Just because it's not your problem, just like our little illustration we talked about last week with the mouse and the chicken and the cow and the pig, if you didn't hear that, go back and listen to our podcast from last week's episode. It's a cute little child story that says, just because it's not your problem right now doesn't mean you shouldn't put some attention to it. And if you can help other people make their day brighter, I'm telling you, you're not only going to make this world a better place, you are going to find that you start to live happier. I'm, I'm a big advocate of doing everything we can do to help the people around us. And I, I say this, uh, you know, almost in preaching to the choir here, if we're not careful, we will walk right past someone who needs our help and not even see them. But if we are looking for the opportunity, especially if we have been blessed enough not to be covered by this proverbial water and our flame is still burning bright. And as a side note, I'll give you my opinion on what it takes to make your flame burn bright. And it starts with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And if you are able to keep your flame burning bright and you're able to lean over and just help your fellow man, the whole world becomes brighter because you helped them make their day brighter. 
So as we go through this week, I want you to keep this analogy in mind and know that while you are able, let's help others in need. Let's help them accomplish their goals. Let's help them make their day a little brighter because there will come a day that we need their help. And when that's the case, we are going to wish a hundred times over that we had shared the love while we had the ability to. So a challenge this week, let's help others light their flame. Let's make sure that we keep ours protected from the negativity and the stressors of this world. And let's continue to bless our fellow man as we find the purpose in life, allowing us to truly live happy in every day of our life. That was this week's Pause for Positivity, and we are coming back with more Retirement Matters right after this quick break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. It's fourth and one with two seconds left in the game. Less than one yard separates you from victory. You have the best running back in the league, but your coach calls a Hail Mary. As silly as that sounds, we see a lot of retirement managers being far too aggressive with your investments when a more conservative play would be a better fit. You have questions, we have answers. Contact R.D. Smothers Wealth Management, 270-600-PLAN. That's 270-600-7526. All right, welcome back to the show. Let's jump into today's content. And again, we are going to be discussing APY annual percentage yield. It's abbreviated APY, typically behind a declared interest rate that an investor will earn. It's oftentimes APY is going to show uh, some sort of a savings vehicle return. And just to be clear, when I say a savings vehicle, I'm discussing the type of investment or asset that a saver would hold. Something that is guaranteed with a stamp saying you will earn this percentage of yield on an annual basis. APY. So you might see it on CDs. You might see it on savings accounts. You might even see it on some bonds showing an APY. This takes into consideration compounding, and that is different than simple interest. We're going to cover a lot of this in the next 20 minutes or so. So let's jump in. First of all, let's define what a saver is versus an investor. And you may find that you are more of a saver in your mentality than you are an investor. A saver is someone who likes things fixed. A saver is someone who likes things guaranteed. A saver is someone who likes to make sure their money is not going backwards. A saver may be someone who even threatens to put their money in a coffee can. And we work with probably a handful of clients that come in every time they talk to us and say they know exactly where their coffee can is with the money that's buried inside of it. This may be a little tongue-in-cheek, it may be a figure of speech, but the reality is that is their mentality around money. They are savers, and that's totally okay. We have a lot of savers that we work with. Not all of them talk about their coffee can, but they do want to have this money where they can get to it, and know that it is not being taken away in the stock market. If you are a saver, most of the time you are not a big fan of what happens in the stock market, which is all of the ups and the downs, all of the twists and turns, 
the insecurities, the which is funny because they're insecurities. They literally you invest in securities in the stock market, and they are extremely insecure in the way that they provide guarantees, which is none at all. There is no guarantee in the stock market except everything's going to change. The only certainty is uncertainty. The only thing that's constant is the inconsistency of the stock market returns. But what is very easy to see is the long-term effect of what happens from owning stocks in America. What happens from owning businesses in America. And most of the time, it's easy to see that by owning good companies in America, your money grows. But you're talking about two different people with two different mentalities. Investors are the ones who own the stocks. Savers are the ones who allow someone else to go out and buy stocks with their money in lending them money and in return demanding an APY, an annual percentage yield. Now, you may have just caught what I said when I said you as a saver are allowing other people to go out and perhaps buy stock or invest with your money by demanding a rate of return. You, in that instance, are a lender. You are lending an institution or a person money so that you then would receive a guaranteed rate of return. As a saver, you are working with products that typically revolve around banks or insurance companies. Sometimes individuals. Sometimes you can, as a saver, lend your money to these institutions and then demand that they pay you back a set amount for a period of time. You also can do that in corporate bonds or treasury bonds. So you could very easily be finding yourself lending money now to U.S. businesses, lending money to U.S. individuals, lending money to U.S. banks. Maybe you lend money to U.S.-based insurance companies, or maybe you just lend money to the USA. Any of those things are doable as savers. Lending your money to an individual or an institution or even a government entity and then demanding a rate of return in exchange. That rate of return is going to be defined in APY. So I think we've put a really good definition on what a saver is versus an investor. An investor is one who says, you know, I don't demand anything in return except that the company I've invested in does good business. And in return, I believe that that company, yes, it will go up and it will go down, but in the long run, my money will grow. It's the reason any of us open a small business. And it is also why, as an American, we have the ability to own a piece of the U.S. economy by investing in the stock market. And it doesn't take us long to realize that this is a fairly new opportunity. It's not been happening for, you know, 200 years. The stock market accessibility has skyrocketed 
since the 70s and 80s. It wasn't common to buy stocks in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, even the 60s. One of the main reasons that it wasn't very common was because it cost a lot of money. You know, you had to pay someone to buy any kind of stock anywhere, and that current commission at that time was incredibly high compared to what you were trying to buy. So you may have to come with double the amount of the stock price to get your stock broker to buy the stock. It quickly adapted in the 80s and the 90s, and then mutual funds were adopted. And once mutual funds became a thing, the cost of investing did go down quite a bit. But I want to be careful here because I'll get on my soapbox if I'm not careful. The cost of investing is not in the scope of today's discussion. You've heard me talk a lot about there are cheaper ways to invest than buying mutual funds and paying a broker a commission to do so. But that's out of this discussion today. But what is in the scope of today's discussion is this differentiation between savers and investors. There are two distinct ideas around how you will make your money grow. As an investor, you take the risk, but with that risk comes a possible higher rate of return. As a saver, You take a lot less risk because you are contractually lending money to an individual or an institution or even a government entity, as we just discussed, and then in that contract, demanding a specific rate of return year after year after year until eventually all of your money is returned. This is the difference between saving and investing. As a saver, less risk. As an investor, more risk. As a saver, potentially less return. As an investor, potentially higher return. This is where we get our risk-return ratio. This is where we understand that you have to risk money to make money. And while we at RDS Wealth do not believe that to be entirely true, on its own right, with without really arguing the point, I would imagine that for the most part, That is a true statement. By risking more, you stand the ability or the potential of making more, but you also stand the potential of losing it all. This is where you get the gambling analogy of the stock market. It's just a big giant casino because those investors, unfortunately, have now turned into traders. And there is a difference between trading and investing. But once again, That is outside of the scope of today's discussion. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to reset this discussion. We're going to jump into why it matters as to whether or not you're a saver or an investor. And if you find that you are a saver, there is one thing that you must know as you begin looking at savings vehicles, especially as interest rates become more attractive on things like CDs and short-term savings vehicles. We've got to uncover this, and we're going to do it as clearly as we can right after this break. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. Looks like we have about a 72% chance of a successful landing today. Did you catch that? A 72% chance of success? No one would fly on this airline. But you'd be surprised how many people take this approach to their own retirement. 
This is Dale Smothers, your host of the Retirement Matters Show. Join me right here each week as we discuss ways you can gain confidence in your retirement plan. Good decision-making, time-tested strategies, and a well-written plan will allow you the luxury of relaxation, even when you're going through those panic-inducing, turbulent times. As the host of the Retirement Matters Show, we will teach you how to keep your retirement on track, making sure that your destination is everything you wanted it to be. Tune in for the Retirement Matters Show with Dale Smothers. Also, check out the Retirement Matters podcast. Just search for Retirement Matters with Dale Smothers on the podcast platform of your choice. All right, welcome back to the show. I want you to be very clear on what you are as a saver or an investor. Which of the two are you? If you prefer more of a safe, steady climb going up the mountain, then you are likely a saver. If you prefer steady rates of return over volatile rates of return, even though, you know, Dale, I may not get as much, but I know I don't have to worry about losing anything. And I may not get as much, but I know it's going to grow every single year because I believe in compound interest and a little bit on top of a little bit on top of a little bit is better than having a lot and then taken away from you in the stock market. I hear that all the time. That person is probably a saver. But if you are the person that says, Dale, I'm going to invest my money and I I understand the market gives and the market takes away, but I'm okay with that because I believe we're going to have a higher rate of return over a 10-year period of time, then you are likely an investor. And after 15 plus years of doing this, of working with retirees and helping them build retirement plans, one of the very unique things that becomes apparent is that if we separate the savers from the investors, The savers are traditionally closer to what we call the income phase. The income phase of retirement naturally makes you become a saver because you have worked all of these years in growth phase, accumulating all of this money, and now we just cannot stand to see the stock market take it away. What is sad is that a lot of savers do not realize that they have a different option than their 401k. A lot of saver mentalities believe that they've always grown their money in their 401k, and now even though they're 60 or 61, 62, because they're not retired, they have no other option, and that's just not the case. It may be the best option for you, but it may not be your only option. It may be the worst option for you. And what is very obvious is that when you come in to see one of our team members about your unique retirement plan, we tell you if it's better to keep your money in your 401k or to move that money to an IRA. We had a gentleman just this week, a very, very nice man. He was a very humble man. He listens to the show. As a matter of fact, he's probably listening to this show. And I want to tell you, he's one of the nicest guys we've ever met. But when we begin to talk about his goals and his desires, it became apparent that he would be better off staying in his 401k than moving his money to an IRA for us to manage. Everyone's retirement is unique. And if you find that you are a saver, if you find that you are now entering into income phase and you just don't want this money to disappear, give us a call. 270-600-PLAN, we can help you, especially if you're over the age of 59 and a half, especially if you have all of this money setting in a 401k and you wish you had another option. 
even if you have money sitting in an IRA, it's not likely that all IRAs are built the exact same way. One thing you will see in a lot of these bank-driven IRAs are percentage yields displayed to you in a percentage rate of return and oftentimes accompanied with a length of time that you must keep your investment in that vehicle. You will see things abbreviated as APY. You will see percentages right now that become very, very attractive. But we have to understand what APY means. I talked to a gentleman a couple of weeks ago, and as we were discussing the yield that he was receiving on some of his CDs, he believed that he was receiving a much, much, much higher rate than he actually was. So I want to pose a question for you as almost a quiz, and I want to ask you this question. If you had a six-month CD that paid 5%, or you had a 12-month CD that paid 5.2, which would you choose? And this gentleman that I was speaking with had the understanding that the six-month CD paid 5%. And, well, Dale, there are two six-month periods in a year. So within a year, Dale, by selecting that option, I would have saved my money and earned 10%. And I've got to tell you, that is a very common mistake. But it is, in fact, a mistake. Six-month CDs paying out 5% APY means that in that six months, you will earn somewhere around 2.5% on your investment. It may not be quite 2.5% because, again, APY takes into consideration compound interest. And compound interest means that you earn interest on your interest. So APY, you've got to realize how that CD or how that particular investment vehicle earns interest. Does it compound monthly, daily, annually, or in this case, semi-annually? How does that particular investment work? Let this radio show serve as a public safety announcement. I want you to realize that when you are looking at CDs that are maybe three months long, and maybe those three-month CDs are paying you 5%, it may be better for you to lock in a one or a two or even a three-year type CD at five or five and a quarter. Because if you get that on an annual basis for three guaranteed years, I'm telling you, interest rates may come down between now and three years from now. And if they don't, maybe they even go up. Does that five or five and a quarter that you are earning work inside of your plan? And that is the biggest dilemma. Too many people are going at this without a true plan. APY, chasing APY, chasing your yield, annual percentage yield, is not the only decision you should be using when selecting your investments. You have to put together a strong retirement plan, and we can help you do just that. 270-600-PLAN, 270-600-7526. Until we talk again next week, always remember to save money, plan well, and live happy 
in retirement. God bless. Investment advisory services made available through AE Wealth Management, LLC. AE Wealth Management and Artie's Mother's Wealth Management are not affiliated companies. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This radio show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation. Artie's Mother's Wealth Management is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Artie's Mother's Wealth Management.